0: goddess. Welcome to Junos in Shadow, a podcast and community for moms to explore various mainstream, holistic, and esoteric methodologies. Here we dig deeper, get out of the shadows, and empower the loving warrior goddess inside to shine our light bright. episode, we talk self-compassion, giving ourselves the space to really sit with and feel our emotions without judgment or criticism so we can process and let it go. With everything going on right now, we all could really use a bit more. The juggling and struggling with chaos and uncertainty has touched every facet of our lives. Co-parenting, schooling, The trips to the grocery store, gas station, park, library, walks with your dog. Almost everything now has a thousand strings and a mask attached to it. Yes, I have a roof over my head, food for my family, some of which I even grow myself. A wonderful and supportive partner, healthy and energetic kids the most charming, laid-back, and lazy puppy that someone with a four-, five-, and six-year-old could ask for. (laughs) I even have a podcast that I am so passionate about and have been pouring my heart into. I go to bed every night incredibly thankful for all that I have and have worked for. But if I'm being honest, before I get to thankful... I am tired, depleted, and worrisome. I even fall into the trap of stop being a whiner, stop complaining. So many others have it much worse than you do, right? I'm sure it sounds familiar. It's really time to flip the script on that. We are all tired, exhausted, stressed, but you know what else we're doing? the best that we fucking can, despite whatever shit show is going on in the world around us. Could things be worse? Sure. But it is also okay to not be okay with how things are. It is okay to feel whatever it is you're feeling. Be frustrated. Be heartbroken. Be angry. Be sad. Be whatever you need to be. Sometimes you have to feel it before you can really let it go. Alona Pamplona is a self-compassion and clarity coach. She guides you through the process of being loving with yourself while encountering the pain, setbacks, and limitations of life. No more shoving it down and then criticizing yourself when it bubbles back up. It's time to get real, let it out, and most importantly, heal we also discuss language and digging into not just how we speak to ourselves, but the words we use in our lives or with others when bringing our thoughts and intentions into the universe. Buckle up and enjoy the ride, Junos. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a part of this, especially because I've personally, ever since I've been listening to your readings, I was like, oh my goodness. And then I found out more about what you do and how you're a word nerd. I love words. And I was, was, so I was like, I have to reach out. But now that I'm done fangirling, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do
1: and who you serve? Awesome, so I'm Ilona Pamplona. Currently, my website says that I'm a self-compassion coach, but I'm right now in the process of moving into an astrology coach. And really, the reason I do that is because I really do understand how astrology is like the psychology of our ancestors, and coaching to me is the action, support, the support for action. And so, but I also like, kind of like how we're both discovering astrology and knowing ourselves, I also feel that astrology is almost also the access to the self-compassion that some Sometimes we don't give ourselves, so I'm going to be using astrology kind of as a compass, a guide to get my clients to where they need to be, and so my clients tend to be Gen X and millennials who know that they have a gift, know that they have a purpose, but they just haven't gotten there, so they probably have a great job, and they probably have traveled the world, and they've done what all of us think are all the things we're supposed to do, but there's still something missing in them. And so I want to use astrology and coaching as a discovery experience and then an activation to their true purpose.
0: Beautiful. What made you decide to start doing with that, with the self confession? What, how did the base start? What brought you to that? Your aha moment.
1: So I, fin- so I actually have a master's in health and wellness coaching and um, the master's concentration that I did was a very long one. It was integrative wellness practices, which I joke is a fancy way of saying mindfulness. And in that process, we learned a lot of um, research-based theories and, and understandings on mindfulness and meditation and things that kind of support well-being outside of like the allopathic nutrition and health and exercise. And I came into the research of a woman named Kristen Neff who created a scientific, like a research-based framework for self-compassion and to me that really like it hit me like I remember when I started learning about this like I felt like my heart was exploding and I'm like wow like like this is what's missing in the lives of the people that I've worked with like in card readings and in workspaces before because what I did because the word nerd I am I looked up the word compassion when we look at compassion a lot of people tell me oh it's self-love it's self-care but compassion is actually latin for "compassione," which means to suffer with and so when we're when we're compassionate with someone we're actually holding the space for them to go through the shadows you know like the shadow side of their life to come to the light and self-compassion is having that space for ourselves right like how many times have you actually given yourself the space to not be okay to suffer, to not feel well, most of the time we're trying to bypass and be like, Oh, I just got to tough it out. Or I've got to do something else. Or like, we're always trying to not witness the suffering. And when we don't witness the suffering, we actually amplify it because it just keeps on repeating until we witness it. And so for me, that was like, for me, I was like, Oh my God, yes, we have to sit in suffering to heal. (laughs) And so I was like that, like, I was like, this is going to be part of my jam.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. That's really beautiful. And I mean, it even resonated with me in this very moment because it's the first day of my cycle and it's a rough one. And I've recently made the mindset shift of not working through it, like taking it as my me time. And I've noticed that what, like, when I've decided to like just say, okay, you know what? It's my time. That means it's my time to chill. I don't have to take all this medication and make myself feel better so I can just power through it no i'm going to relax and watch some tv and it doesn't always but i do feel like since that mindset has happened it's also because i'm giving myself that love i am it boosted me in so many different ways that i hadn't even thought that it was going to just saying like you know what first two days are always rough so these are gonna be my chill days everybody needs
1: them yeah i'm not really good at them Like, and permission, like it it also gives us permission to feel our feels. It gives us permission to not feel great. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, some people might misconstrued and say, okay, like you're letting people just feel bad and we don't want to stay in the state of not feeling. But we need to be okay with feeling not great sometimes. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it's actually a human experience. Yes. It's pain is part of life and it's really part
0: of the appreciation cycle. I feel like yes and you personally what do you like to do to help embrace your inner goddess when you're ready to say all right like if they are you're taking your two chill days what are some like rituals or things that you
1: enjoy well I so I I have a Taurus moon so senses like the senses are really important to me so you know I I noticed that when I really want to elevate my frequency, I do connect with things that make me feel elevated. So essential oils have always been part of my jam. Like I do have like an oil ritual, like oils that uplift me or oils that kind of calm me down or oils that make me feel protected. So I do have like, you know, these experiences where I kind of really connect with the senses. Um, For me, it's also very important to chill because when we think about masculine feminine energy. So when you're saying goddess, you think of feminine energy and feminine energy is flow and being in flow state rather than action. So kind of like allowing myself to be guided, like asking myself at the start of those kind of days and being like, where am I being called to go? Who am I being called to connect with? What am I being called to say? And just really allowing my intuition to guide me rather than a checklist like we were talking before this all started like you know there are there are days where you need a checklist and there are days where you get to say i'm gonna intuitively go where i'm guided
0: Mm -hmm. or like the only thing i saw that meme with like the toad and he gets up and he's like looks at his little checklist and all it says is wake up he goes well looks like i'm done for the day (laughs) yes And um, with your clients, I'm sure some of them are bound to be Junos, that's what I call my listeners as moms. What's the most common thing that you tend to treat or work with with your Junos?
1: Okay, so the first thing that comes to my mind is feeling stuck or feeling like they're not embodying their purpose, right? Like the sense of like, I'm, I'm not where I need to be, right? So kind of like embracing the present and then getting clear on what's next. I also, um, some of my Junos also integration. Um, A lot of them have some kind of spiritual or non, you know, corporate gift that they don't feel comfortable integrating into their work or how they express themselves or how they show up on social media. So, you know, getting them aware of why they're not comfortable with integrating these magical, authentic gifts that they have. Yeah, those, I would say those are two of the big ones. Um, I also think there's a a vulnerability piece. I have some, you know, very go-getters that, you know, haven't allowed their feelings to come through um, fully. And so we get to be vulnerable in some of our sessions.
0: I can definitely understand that because I actually, I've had probably three readings over the last couple of days where I'm like telling you, get out of the air And in those, like, five seconds after the silence, what do you hear?
1: I've had so many people cry, like, legit, like, people. Yeah, because it's
0: just, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, busy, 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 doing, doing, doing. And, of course, you're, like, thinking about yourself and usually doing, like, those bare necessities, like, eating, doing. But it's like, what do I want? What do I feel? How, like, how do I really feel? Sit with your, so I do. I, like, I've been telling a lot of people about that as well. Like sit with yourself in the quiet like you're waiting for a stranger to say something.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting cuz when I think about coaching, so I'm not so people don't always understand the distinction of what a coach is versus like a consultant or a therapist is. And coaching is giving someone the space to we we reflect, we mirror and we ask questions. We don't say, "Oh, you should do this." We say, "I'm hearing this. I'm seeing this. It feels like this." And we and we really reflect what a client is saying to us. And then it's in those moments that a client actually says, oh my God, I said that five times in a session or, oh my gosh, this is what I'm reflecting to the world. And they really get to see themselves mm-hmm. who they are and really integrate that. So for me, like integration is probably a word that's going to come up a lot.
0: No, it's very, I do
1: think it's very
0: key when we are talking about bringing light to those shadows and doing like getting into that deeper work. Because when it comes to shadows, it's also sitting there saying, like, who am I? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, like, who was that? Like, sometimes you might do something and it's a little bit unrecognizable. And that's, like, your holy shit moment. <laughs> like, this person's inside of me. It's yeah. like we were talking about earlier. Knock on the door. Say hello. <laughs> <laughs> See who they are. Might exactly. be interesting. <laughs> yeah
1: it might be a lot more interesting than you thought. <laughs>
0: yeah. And um, what do you think is, um, a, what's your favorite way or recommendation to maybe help bring light to
1: those shadows or do a little bit of digging for ourselves to find some of that? That's a great question. So for me as a coach, I think that coaching process is like a way to go through it, right? So whether it's a reading, because I think for some people, some readers actually guide the reading in a coaching way or having coaching modalities. Why? Because the process requires you to look at the situation, right? Just look at it. Because like I said before, coaching isn't about like, oh, well, you have a problem. This is the things that you should be doing, or you, you have this goal and this is what I think you should do. Coaching and these healing modalities are an opportunity to, A, build awareness, you know, say, okay, oh my gosh, this is where my shadow work needs to happen, right? So there's a whole, there's actually a whole methodology made in the 80s about behavior change, right? And so when you're talking about helping someone, what's the best way to help someone to get from the darkness to the light, you have to understand where in the model of behavior change there are and then get them through the different phrases. So like a reading, a healing experience, these types of conversations create the awareness where they go, oh my gosh, I need to do something. And then the coaching gets you through the work. It gets you to say, Well, what should I do? And you get to practice and you get to try new things and you get to get into action until you've now created a new way of being that you can maintain that is the way that you want it to be. So going from the dark to the light requires a whole spectrum of experiences.
0: No, it really does. And I do like that. And sometimes it is the whole process. And sometimes for me it is it's also just like peeking in the door. <laughs> Hmm. maybe sitting with that ickiness for a little bit. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying wallow, <laughs> but of course it's great to do the coaching and do the work. But sometimes I like to, I don't know, like let myself feel icky like or it's, yeah. I have a four five and six year old. So I practice this a lot. Like you're allowed to feel how you feel <laughs> and maybe it's through because she is My youngest, the four year old, is a Pisces sun, Leo moon, fiery, feelsy spirit. My goodness. So, like, when she's in her feels, like she's in her feels, the whole house knows it. And I'm like, I understand. You're in your feels. But why? And it's like, it's actually, to be honest, I think it's like doing, it's (laughs) not doing shadow work with my daughter, but it's like teaching my daughter, like, the basic foundations of. (laughs)
1: And you know what, you know what, this comes, what comes up for me too, as you're saying that, whether it's that, that or the coaching or whatever, at the end of the day, it's also communicating because in order for you to feel your feels, there needs to be that person of trust that you get to say, this is happening and maybe I can't control it. And that person reflects back, like, like you as a mom, like a conscious mom saying, um, so this this is okay, I understand that you're having this feeling, and, and, and verbally processing, you know, that's something that I really feel strongly about, we were talking about word nerds, I love words, because communication is how we also get through that, right, there's a distinction between acknowledging that you feel a certain way, but then working through it, so I'm about to word nerd emotions, right, so emotions comes from Latin, ex movere, which means to move out, So if you don't have the tools, like people like you and I, who are at the point where we're a little bit conscious, we've done the work, we know what it feels like, we've made the mistakes and we've worked through them, like, so I know how to get myself through a funky spell. But someone who hasn't done that, they're going to usually need the tool of communication with another person to unravel what's in their mind that they haven't taken out before. Because up until then, they've just been holding it in. And it's either imploding or exploding.
0: No, I love that. And actually, um, the last person I interviewed, she described it as she's like emotion, it's energy in motion. And (laughs) And it's kind of like the same thing. It's just it's got to go somewhere. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but well, what we've been conditioned is to hold it in. And that's where wounding and what you said before, when you, when you talked about the shadow work, like some people get stuck in the dark space because whether you're moving the energy out or you're keeping it in motion, that's not happening. It's actually holding, it's anchoring you in the space that you don't want to be.
0: And for you, when you are feeling like in your low vibrational spaces, uh, we're not talking about relaxing, so to speak. What's your go-to method of maybe raising your vibration, bringing yourself back into center, so to speak, when you are on those?
1: Connection, being connected. Um, So it's actually a pillar of Um, self-compassion. Self-compassion has three pillars. There's non-judgment mindfulness. So like not over identifying with the problem. And the third one is shared humanity versus isolation. And when we're not feeling great, the default mode is by myself. This is my problem. No one understands who I am. So I really do feel like connection, whether it's in the moment where we're allowed to be not six feet apart again, or having a phone call or being in communion with other people. I think is for me, what raises me back to the reminder of who I am, because life is a team sport. Life is not to be done alone. And other people really being in that frequency really reminds me of what my true nature is.
0: I love that. I want to take a little sidetrack. You've done it a few times. I find it highly interesting. Your work with with words. I know you do like spells and things like and I'm just interested in that because I've always loved words. Words have been my thing. Like I when we ran out of books at my house, I read dictionaries, like in and, and like I love that. And a whole entire encyclopedia sets like <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. And so, like, seeing your work and how you talk about, like, the words we use with ourselves and the words we use with others and the power that we have, like, that... It's something very near and dear to my heart and with everything we are talking about it's not I just wanted to kind of hear about that and have you do your little tangent and share because it's I love it so
1: sure so like I can go on forever but like the way it started is like I grew up in a bilingual home and so there were words that we used in Spanish that were not used in English and I remember thinking like there was almost like a frequency like I felt a certain way energetically when we use those certain word in one language versus another. And then I became a language major in college. So I actually have an undergraduate degree with a ma- major in Spanish and Italian, a minor in Portuguese. And a- I took electives in French and German. I've dabbled in tons of other languages. I oh, so like all the romantic languages. Yeah. And like I self-studied a little bit of Mandarin. I've traveled literally to 30 countries. And there, there are these moments where I would hear words or like understand words and I'm like, oh, like that landed in a certain way. And I realized that words have frequency and then I discovered the work of Imoto. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. So he was the 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 what the words in water and how the words that we say impacted the crystal composition of water and I'm like oh my gosh this is why I feel a certain way about words and so then we go into my master's and we learn about neuroplasticity and how when we so our, our brains have a negativity bias they are wired to protect us and so by protecting us it means we have to think about the worst case scenario to prepare for the worst but when we reprogram ourselves and how do we program ourselves in the modern world, but with language and communication. So I was like, well, there's something here where we can use words to shift our life. And then I understood spellings. I understood like what people would pray over food. I understood the power of declaration. I also then learned in human design. I don't know if you've ever heard of human design, but the throat is a portal for manifestation. So here we go again, like our words cast spells on our lives. And then I also was reminded of the four agreements. So like in every text, whether it's science or magic or ancient history, like in the four agreements, they talk about how the Toltecs say every thought you say and every word you say is a pact with the universe. And that's what you're declaring. So I'm like, there's something here. So we get to be careful. And not only do we get to be careful with words, but we really need to understand the root of the word. Like When this word came into birth, what was the original spirit? Because language evolves and sometimes we lose the spirit, but the spirit is somehow deep there. And when we get to the root of the word, we then can understand, oh, wow, Like even though I'm using it this way, this is also the spell, the the energy that I'm sending off into the universe when I'm using this particular word.
0: It's like when you remodel a house almost and it's like you're stripping it back to exactly (laughs) like that old wallpaper that's hiding underneath the other layers and that true nature of (laughs) or the original wood floors under carpet, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's magic. It's magic. Yes. Yes. No, and it's it's beautiful and I love it because I very much am into using my words to bring things into
1: existence, because that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> a little oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's something there, the universe confirmed.
0: But like, yes. I wanted
1: just to say really quick, like, uh, the biggest thing, the, the power I saw, though, was my sister had a really bad car accident this year. And she suffered a traumatic brain injury, she was intubated and not in her mind for a full three months. I mean, three weeks. And I remember the first day of her accident, I'm like, we get to reprogram her brain because people who suffer traumatic brain injury often have a lot of emotional trauma afterwards because they don't understand themselves. And so I created a series of mantras for her so that when she came back to consciousness, she can begin to program herself into the highest vibrational state possible. And it's interesting because she... In less than four months, she's been cleared to go back to work. She's been cleared to drive again. And all of her doctors say that they they feel like she's a walking miracle from the scan of when she had her accident to where she is now, and that her attitude is the best that they've ever seen in any patient with traumatic brain injury. And I'll never forget that while she was in the hospital, because we couldn't go because of COVID, when she was feeling low, she would call me and she would say, I need new mantras. What are the mantras? And the mantras really, they got her through the pain of the initial healing process. But then they strengthened her to carry her into believing that she can get back and faster than most people.
0: And that's when I saw the
1: power. That's when I saw the power of words. I love
0: that. That's absolutely beautiful. And I feel like this might, might even be the one that ties into my next question, because I always like to, um, ask about like clients or in the work that you do, something that would change your life or how you practice or what you see. And I feel like that would be the one like literally putting those words right there in action.
1: Yeah. Like literally giving her words that programmed her to believe that she had the power to heal faster. They were telling her it would take her months, if not a year, to go back to work. Wow. Um, they they were saying six months to a year, and she's back at work in in three and a half months. Wow, that's amazing. I love that.
0: And so, aside with that, like, what are some of like the other like the most important usefulness? The most important thing to remember when we are like that you've learned about using your words, like, what's the biggest tip for someone else when you're trying to think about how we use our words yeah, yeah where so yeah
1: so so for me when I when I'm working with a client who is in their dark shadow phase right I get to the root of what's what's their biggest fear right because you know when I don't know if you've ever heard the course of miracles I'm sure you have you know there are the two polarities there's love or there's fear right and so fear Is what disconnects us from possibility, from other people, from what we're capable of. And so we get to the root of the fear. And so I try to get a word that really helps get them into the opposite of that fear so that they can stand in the power of the vibration of love of what they're trying to create. So if they're afraid, like that they're gonna lose a home or that they're not gonna, you know, I think safety. I think when I think about like people's biggest fears, they tend to be root chakra issues like money, family, belonging, providing for ourselves. So I try to start with you are safe because people often feel unsafe when they're in the fear state.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And I also
1: remind them that they are loved because often fear keeps us disconnected from others. And just begin to like build upon safety, love, and then an I am statement. That makes them feel what they want to create in their lives. So some people might need, you know, ambition, some people might need consistency, some people might need whatever it is, but then we, we build upon, but we create, the, we layer those words to get them to where they need to be.
0: I like that. Well, before we wrap up and talk about all the fun stuff you have going on, is there anything that you'd like to share? Is there something that maybe I didn't think about asking you or something I didn't know enough to dive in? Anything,
1: anything you want to add to the conversation that you think might be important? Oh my goodness. I feel like we can go so many places. I think the most important thing is what we discussed about, well, I think the neuroplasticity, the words, the mind, all of it, whether you look at it from a science perspective or you look at it from like this woo-woo metaphysical, magical perspective, it all boils down to when you use your words and your minds consciously, you allow yourself the possibility to create in the world and the world that you want to create too. A lot of us right now um, in the world, the way it is between COVID and all the injust, social injustice that's happening. We're vibrating at a fear state and we're mentally aligning with the fear state. And I invite anyone who's listening to ask themselves if all this stuff is making them feel fearful, what would be in, a, in the best case scenario, What what are words that we can put out to create solutions and possibilities to shift the direction we're going in? Because together, we can use our minds and our words to create a better reality than to use them to stay in the fear, which is what the news is keeping us, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is happening, this is bad, this is scary, this is predicted. Well, you know what? But I also feel like humanity is love, and we all could work together, and we all can use consciousness to create a better world, but we have to be conscious about actually feeling and thinking and speaking in that way.
0: Yes, I, actually I say this 20 times a day to my kids. Be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Like think about think about the solution to your problem. Like when you're coming to me with a problem, you should be coming to me about how we're going to fix something. Do not come to me <laughs> to complain. <laughs>
1: Your kids are lucky; they have a conscious mom. And your your if your kids decide to go into a job, their future bosses are going to be really lucky to have solution creators and not just problem observers.
0: Well, know I'll be completely honest. Half of it is I don't want to hear complaining. Let's (laughs) do something. Let's, (laughs) yeah. Well, I mean, it's true, and that is why. But like in my mindset like I can't I'm not not going to help you with your problem but when you come to me like this happened how can we fix it like I'm upset how can we make myself feel better (laughs) not I hate them all of this is broken the day is ruined and I'm like are you sure about that can we please start thinking about the solution and not like how everything just went downhill
1: from here because it will very quickly I promise you (laughs) like (laughs) Yeah, and th- and they'll be change makers, and then you you're actually creating a a a legacy in your children of possibility, and not being in the shadow, because not being in shadow isn't bad, but in order to get out of it, you have to be able to see what's possible outside of that.
0: Yeah, or I also think like there's no possible way to be like a bright shiny beam of light without seeing some darkness somewhere, <laughs> like.
1: I've, I've had some really, so I've had some really dark shadow experiences, like, like workplace abuse, and, you know, difficult experiences, and, and I thank those, I can, I can now see, thank God, I had those experiences, because without that, I wouldn't be where I am, I really see that in in retrospect, right, Mm -hmm. so, so honoring our, honoring our shadows, so I love that you talk about shadow work, because, Those are the experiences that raise our consciousness and allow us to be of conscious contribution to the world.
0: Thank you. Well, um, if anybody is interested in getting in
1: touch with you or if you have anything coming up, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so I'm about to launch my astrology coaching program. So I'm really excited to support people um, with astrology and coaching, understanding their birth chart to then really create things in their world. Um, And, you know, I do a lot of my work on Instagram, so they can find me at Ilona Pamplona, that's I-L-O-N-A and Pamplona, like the city in Spain. Um, And, you know, I'm I'm working on some other projects. I don't want to Spell them out just yet because they're not confirmed so I kind of want to wait to, for them to be concrete before I dilute them in words but just keep if you if you check on com or pamplona at, at instagram I'll be sharing a lot of what I'm doing there
0: wonderful well thank you again so much for being a part of this I appreciate it and hopefully we'll be talking again soon
1: absolutely thank you for having me
0: Our conversation i would like to thank alona again so much for speaking with me and always thank you junos for listening i enjoyed our conversation and deep dive into words and language so much and if you're interested in working with alona visit alona.pamplona.com to reach her if you want to get the latest episodes as soon as they come out please subscribe i would also greatly appreciate it if you could rate and review us as well if you want to be a part of the Juno community or reach out with feedback to be a part of the show or just say hi, you can find Junos and Shadow on Facebook and Instagram at Junos and Shadow or visit Junosandshadow.com. Until next time, stay strong, Goddess.